Welcome everybody. This is Bart Sharp and you are on Becoming Quantum Conscious on United Public Radio Network and UFO Paranormal Radio Network on 107.7 and 105.3 broadcasting out of the beautiful city of New Orleans, Louisiana and I'm sure it's a beautiful day there today. But today I am in Austin, Texas where it is sunny skies all around. And my guest today, Shefer Bloom, is in Denver, Colorado. And it's always sunny in Denver, of course, <laughs> unless it's snowing. And unless it has really strong Chinook winds. Uh, but basically, it's a sunny place. And um, we're just really glad that she's on the show today. Uh, and also, if you did not know, we are on Roku. And we are on Facebook YouTube, and other platforms. And of course, you could be listening to our radio show out of New Orleans, uh, 107.7, 105.3. Or you could be on the website, uh, the UPRN website, tuning into this amazing show where we talk about ancestral healing with the Kabbalah, with Shifra Bloom. Uh, Shifra, welcome to the show. Mm. Hey, Bart, thank you so much for having me back on the show. It's, I know it's going to be a really fun conversation. Oh, it was deep the last time we talked. Uh, and, and I've known Shefer for a couple of years. And she kind of just knocked me out the first time I really got to sit down and, and visit with her. Because she has been a student of the Kabbalah probably for lifetimes. But this lifetime, you started very young studying yeah. mysticism. Right, right. So that's what we were talking about the first time that I came over to your house. And we, um, I did a session with you, actually, right? And I was sharing with you about some of my own history of how when I was younger, I was, you know, always drawn, drawn to the mysticism and uh, started learning at a more younger age. And... I, I would not be surprised if a lot of the listeners probably are also more sensitive types of people, but I can definitely speak for myself, you know, being like the kind of kid um, who saw things that other people didn't see, you know, and then who always thought deeper as well. I remember when I was young and my grandfather passed away, um, you know, as even just as a kid wondering what happened, what happened to him, what's next? And uh, this just sent me into learning and, and learning ancient texts and really going down the rabbit hole. And uh, that's led me to where I, you know, I teach on these things and I've been doing so for many years now. Um, and, you know, I'll publish my book soon as well. What's uh, the title of your book? Well, the book is an intro to Kabbalah. So it's called The Four Worlds. Uh volume one and it's an introduction to kabbalah uh for people who want to discover their own inner magic through that pathway and it comes with a deck of cards that you can play with and a workbook so that you can really apply it in a practical way to your life because i love talking about all these really mystical things but what i really love to do and what people listening are going to get from this show is i love to to say okay now that's great but how do i take it home how do i apply this to my life how do I make it practical? Um, because if it doesn't change anything, then it's kind of just entertainment. 
And entertainment is cool, but I, I'm really standing for us improving our lives and improving our relationships and really just maximizing the potential that we get to be incarnated in this experience. So um, that's what the book does. And, you know, people, of course, can find it through um, finding me on Instagram or my website. Th those announcements will be made when when that's available. Um, yeah. To, yeah. And, and you can also find it when those happen at your website, shefrabloom.com. And I want to spell your name because it is a little unusual. Yeah. That would be S-H-R-E-E-F. No, no, no. no. Oh, I get it. S H E E. F R A yeah. B L U M E. Yeah. Right. And uh, so Shifra is, uh, to me, what always amazed me was all the time you have spent just alone, like a mystic. And of course, I guess, what, two or 300 years ago, women were not reading the Kabbalah. Is that correct? Right. So those are two things. One, yes, I've spent a lot of time alone in the wilderness. And uh, that's definitely also, you know, on the one hand, I've studied a lot out of books and a lot. Of, I've had teachers who could help me translate from, you know, the original text, which is very, very different than just reading a translation. We can talk about why that's so. And then on the other hand, yeah, I mean, so when you say women weren't reading the Kabbalah, what's interesting is that while there are certain texts that are the main texts, of the Kabbalistic tradition. There is no one book that's called the Kabbalah, but rather Kabbalah mm. is an entire uh, cosmology. It's an entire worldview, and it's mostly an oral tradition um, that has been, of course, written down um, by you know, the great mystics and uh, into some specific great works that are reputable, um, but those have their own names and aren't the Kabbalah. Kabbalah itself simply means to receive. So really, you could say it is the study of an art of of receiving. And what does that even mean? Um, mm. But but the so when you say you know women weren't weren't studying the texts of this, that is true. But if you think about it a little deeper, it's not as much that they were prohibited as it is that they were exempt because women uh, and specifically the feminine is more familiar with the art of receiving and reception energetically than is the masculine. And so you kind of have both. You have on the one hand that no, they weren't, they weren't studying it, but you also have a lot of things that women are exempt from a lot of different rituals that, you know, some people, some people like to say, oh, they're not allowed. Uh, it's more that it's, it's more that they just aren't required. Maybe they have a different wisdom and that was noted. Right. So therefore less necessary. Yeah, that is part of, that is actually part of this tradition is that, you know, there is, there are things that, you know, women, someone with a, a female body who can, for example, be pregnant and birth children, um, this is a whole other wisdom school and mystery school 
that people with a male body uh, don't get to experience. And because, mm. because people with a male body don't get to experience I mean, not and and not all women or or female-bodied people are gonna have children, et cetera. But they can, and they have the body, you know, for it. And even if they maybe can't, it's still it's still a different system that they're inhabiting, a different costume, a different body, right? Wow. Than than the male body. And so, therefore, in this tradition, there are things that that men or male-bodied people, um, there are different rituals and studies and things that they are encouraged to do or perhaps required to do depending that kind of helps them tap more into some of this more feminine understanding this more receptive understanding that um, might be less natural for those people wonder wonderfully said and it reminds me of uh, a few weeks ago we had a, a woman a little bit younger than you not much uh, Sophie Strand, and she has just uh, released a book called The Madonna Secret. Mm. And I, of course, in prep for it, I, I read this really entertaining uh, historical fiction novel. And it was about Mary Magdalene, known as Miriam, who um, could not get to study a lot of the text until she proved herself to her rabbi father that she was very special and it was so funny with the men because they were very intellectual they're very dogmatic mm -hmm. and here miriam was out meditating mm -hmm. out at night and having these communions with animals and various things and of the earth and of, of of course the stars and it all represented that connection to the earth, but also connection to higher self that she just naturally had. Mm. And in, uh, it just reminds me of what you're saying that right. there, there is the feminine holds that, that, that capability that's very connected to various things. Right. Well, and that, well, go ahead. Uh, yeah. And so there's this, there's this natural connectivity and that's part of the history of all of this. But as we know, uh, as time moves forward in the chronology of time, also what's happening, you know, uh, um, is that astrologically things are shifting too, right? And I know right. we'll, we will talk about that a little bit here, astrologically what's happening. But therefore, um, you know, a couple of thousand years ago when Mary Magdalene would have been alive, uh, the energies, the planetary energies that were coming onto the earth were different than they are now. Even a couple, even a few hundred years ago, they were different than they are now. And so what that means is how our consciousness can understand and interpret and interact with certain things that also changes. And so that changes the, the need for different ways of learning um, and different ways of connecting to, to the divine. There are times in our history when the veil is thinner, and then there are times where the illusion is thicker. And so this requires different ways of relating and discerning. And so that, you know, where we are right now is a really interesting period where 
and I, I'll be curious to hear your perspective on this, but really as, as my tradition would have, would, would call it, this is one of the densest, thickest, most, the illusion is the strongest that wow. it may ever be times. And because we're at that very thickest part, we're also right at the turning point where now the veil, it's like, the turning point is just, it's starting to happen. It's just about to happen. So we're simultaneously in the time of the most illusion and the most separation and the most confusion. But there's also these glimpses of like miracles just starting to happen or just about to start to happen. And we yes. feel this change coming. And you were talking about it from a different perspective of the astrology, which is really interesting when yes. different, yeah. Could please take it. Well, well, the, 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 it's been the age of uh, of man-made law for the last two thousand years, and and we'd have to say, well, the Romans kind of were the example uh, of man-made law uh, that they created created all of these systems. Great example of that, masculine, and uh, now we're going into nature-made law. Which, yeah. Um, is where we follow nature. And interesting, uh, Peter Craig, who was uh, a guest on my show a few weeks ago, really brought up the fact that the more we have duality in the world, the more the planet reacts in destructive ways. It's almost like the planet is interacting with us and thus mm. floods, tornadoes, hurricanes, very hot, very cold weather of all extremes are happening. And he really felt like this was uh, part of it. In which I, I do want to add in there that um, it's a very sad note. Um, Peter Craig, who was on the show two weeks ago, uh, died three days ago uh, of a heart attack. Uh, and he was a very... He was a very homespun man. He was a professional veterinarian, retired, and he did tons of energy work using the dowsing tools and went into these upper levels beyond, beyond the gods and did energy work there. And that was what the show was about. And he really didn't expect to have that message brought out to a large audience and then he met me and said, and, and, he, and he dared to say, okay, we'll go on your show. Mm -hmm. And so he got that message out one time to a bigger audience, uh, which made him very happy. Um, and uh, I'm just really sad that he's gone, but also I just wanted to mention to everybody that was listening at that time um, that he's working in another realm uh, and we in Austin that hers or his friends dearly miss him. Mm -hmm. uh, but going back to the Kabbalah and this time we were sitting into a new era and you just bring up such a, I love the way you use that, the terms illusion and the veil is thinnest. Like mm -hmm. the illusion is when it's really thick and we can't really see what this is which is a lot about what this theme is for today. We've not even mentioned what the show's about yet, right. <laughs> which it's titled Ancestral Healing with the Kabbalah. But right. I think we're right in the thick of it right now. Right. Well, 
there are so many ways we could take this conversation. The the ancestral healing piece, because that's what we call the show, we could start there. But what I am observing is that people, everyone I know, is are feeling a lot right now. And there's there's heaviness. People are people are whether whether it's the daily life stuff that is weighing on people or whether it's global stuff that is weighing on people also, you know, or a combination of both. Um, th there's, there's so much. And so go ahead. No. Uh, well, I was just saying whether it be a war or a uh, environmental crisis or a illness where all of these things are very much apparent and there's a lot of opportunity to believe in the reactions. But as you say, there are illusions, the density of illusions. And, and so with the, with the healing piece, I mean, this is interesting because I do healing work. People come to me, they can get a reading and then we can go into a deep, deep healing and you do healing work. We under, you know, and we talk you talk about healing work on the show, but there are so many, there's just there's so many levels to it. And so if I'm given the opportunity to speak for a limited amount of time, you know, on the show now, today, what the piece that I want to, to focus on is for people to focus on okay, well, what can I do now? What can I do today? Because, um, you know, we, I, I also, I'm, you know, have training as an herbalist in, and in natural medicine. And so we could talk about on that level of healing and disease and the car, you know, karmic um, inheritances of hereditary things like that. You know, we could talk about um, generational trauma, which we all carry in different ways. And there are many ways to approach healing that. There are many modalities, there are many processes. But what I'm seeing right now is on a, on a bigger scale, it, it really is this uh, timeline, this, this, this experience. If, if you go into Kabbalah cosmology, there's an entire, almost like a game that's playing out and we are these souls that get to experience this game and get tested. And so if we zoom out and then, and, and I'd like to talk about that game a little bit more because where the healing that I see really comes from is being able to activate the quality of discernment mm. and to, right. And, and to be, so I'm just trying to distill it down. If we can be less reactive, and have more clarity via the attribute of discernment. And then if we can choose actions that create more harmony in our immediate sphere and less inflammation in our immediate sphere, healing will come from that. Indeed. And, and also it's, it's, it's the energy of that density of illusion that, you know, energy creates everything. So therefore 
you may have all of these publications, television shows, uh, internet uh, speakers talking about things that are in a very reactive way. And they are hooked into the density. And maybe they're trying to manipulate that dense point of view. And um, the real question is to me is like, how do you see that coming? Uh, because right. there's some stories out there that are very true. And then there's some of them that are not. And maybe we can share a little bit about how you experience that. Yeah. Well, okay. So I'm going to take some notes. So I cover everything here because <laughs> on the one hand, I want to talk about worldview. I would love to go into a little bit of the, of the cosmology of this net of the Kabbalistic narrative of creation and the different Kabbalistic energy centers and what's happening on that level. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then, yeah, some simpler like tools that people can take home. So we have on the level of worldview though, what I want to share with people that's interesting is that, you know, we in, in the West have certain ways that we see the world. And even if someone's very liberal and someone else is very conservative or someone's very atheist and someone else is very religious, generally in the West, there's still like basic principles of reality that we agree upon and and that that color the stage so to speak that we walk in there are other places in the world far away where there where the worldview is drastically different than what we in the west can even fathom and so just being able to even comprehend that piece is is an important place to start and what I want to emphasize is that it's it's so beyond the difference between Republican, Democrat, liberal, conservative, atheist, religious. It's like wildly different worldviews. And this is so, you know, we talk um, about the concept of theory of mind in psychology, for example. Theory of mind is something that is developed usually by human children when when they're little kids, you know, maybe around four or whatever age it is that we start to develop theory of mind. What is that? It's where we realize, oh, the world doesn't revolve around me. You, you perceive things from a different perspective. So collectively, where that starts to break down collectively is when when it comes to like utterly utter worldview the actual way we perceive existence so a story for example and i think we've talked about this story before and you'd also heard it i'm going to paraphrase the story okay but, but essentially this story is of one of the native american tribes when the original colonizers were coming over in their ships from europe and the story goes that the natives had never seen such a ship. It wasn't something that was in the imagination even. There was no concept for it. 
And so it wasn't until the ship was right up there on in like basically on the shore that they were able to see it at all. Whereas you and I, we look at the beautiful sunset when we go to the beach and we see way off in the distance, we see a little dot and we know, oh, there's a boat way out there because we know to recognize it. Okay, another version of that story is the Schrodinger's cat research um, piece that happened where, and again, I'm going to paraphrase it um, as to my memory, but essentially the take home was that they raised groups of kittens in two different rooms. And one room had horizontal lines on the walls and one room had vertical lines on the walls. And in such a room, these kittens grow into cats. And then they go into a new room where there are bars that are the opposite way than the room they grew up in. And the way that the story goes um, is that the kittens that grew up in the room with the horizontal lines, they could not see the vertical bars and vice versa. And it literally run into the bars. And so similarly, what I want to emphasize, because this is part of this is part of the global healing that's happening right now is to understand what, what we often do in the West is we project our values systems onto other people from other cultures. And that's not always accurate. And that can sometimes actually exacerbate more harm. What is more healing is to take a step back and get curious and this is very hard to do because I'm asking of us to see things that we can't even imagine. But it's what needs to happen. And so for example, if if all of us, if you guys at home were to just imagine like a mythical reality, some, you know, bring in all your great imagination and all your mythology and create some story about who we are and why we are here that's like just really entertaining and mythological and totally different than what you believe in the, in the, the, the narratives that we hear in the West are. There are people in other places in the world that truly are living in a worldview that is as different from, from ours, from yours, from mine, as that imaginary situation that you just fathomed. That's a foundational thing. It is. And uh, I think it really is exemplary of uh, the, the times that we're changing and that there is a lot of a density in there. But at the same time, there's so much evidence that the vibrations of things in the world, whether that be the planet uh, or in people, have elevated. They have changed. And yet we can't see the stripes because we have been living in a other type of world. Not right. quite yet. Right. And, and so let's bring it back to the Kabbalah. How could the Kabbalah right. help people guide that? I mean, I think people just, I think just knowing that should give people security and hope that yes, we're going through a phase and all is not going to end. And of course, throughout history, when we've come to these 
places where the unknown is in front of us, people panic. Right. So people do strange things. So so what to do, what to do with all of that. So that's kind of the foundation. And I encourage people to to play with that, to play with that a little bit and 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 try and digest that that there are other worldviews. Okay. Well, now we're gonna apply this a little bit to I'll give a little Kabbalistic history, okay? So <laughs> what in, in, in Kabbalah, you have different energy centers. And a lot of people are more familiar with like the chakras in the Vedic system, you know, of yoga, for example. People have heard of the chakras. In Kabbalah, they're called spirot, like a sphere, spirot. Anyway, I'll just call them energy centers. And they're more than just energy centers, though. They're attributes of how energy manifests as life, okay? And, and there's a whole order and a whole process. And here's what's really interesting that we were talking about. There are 10 spirit. There's 10. And these correspond to different chakras and different body parts and different things. Uh, and and the, the divine energy comes down and it kind of enrobes itself. It puts on the clothing of these different energy centers of these attributes. And it's it's quite fun because this happens on a, a big macro level, but it's also like you and me as incarnated souls. We get to put on these different attributes and some of us have some more developed than others. And some of us have some less developed than others. And through mm -hmm. life experience, we get to develop them. So that's another big wide view thing to think of and is that, oh, I am being given whatever challenging experience is facing me. I'm being given that for the explicit opportunity to develop these attributes of myself, these energy centers. What happens when you develop these energy centers, these attributes, is that you actually, as you, this is so cool, as you develop them more, you create more space within yourself to actually embody more of your soul so that more of your higher self can actually inhabit you. That's, that's, that's so cool. And it's so spot on. I, so cool. a lot of people just call it in the new age community, the space, uh, David Hawkins kind of termed that, that you learned what that actually feels like. Hmm. And it's a part of, being in a higher level of awareness that you actually feel vibrations inside of your body all the time. And there's a certain amount of people that are doing that now. Other people are in their heads. Right. And so I want to share with our listeners like a pretty deep Kabbalistic secret, really. I mean, it's, it's known, you can find it, but it's not the easiest thing to just Google or look up. Okay, and, and it's really an important thing, I think, for this time, for those of us who want to heal, and we want to learn how to discern between what's true and what's false and what's right and what's wrong. Okay, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a spira, a spira, one of these centers, if you will, attributes, that is not included in the 10, but that is also not included as an 11th. But it is another attribute, but it, and then we're going to ask why isn't it 
why is it never, why isn't it just 11? And it's very important. So this attribute is called da'at, D-A-A-T, da'at. Okay, da'at would, if it were to correspond to the chakras, for example, it would correspond most to the throat. Okay, mm -hmm. but in Kabbalah, it is absolutely not considered an 11 sphera. Rather, it is considered its own special, extra, mystical, magical, secret thing. It's kind but, of a non-linear a non world. Yes. Uh, and, and so the question is, why? And this points to the absolute power of the throat and of our speech and our potential to create from that. And the word da'at doesn't mean throat. It doesn't mean throat at all. That's just what it would correspond to in the chakra system. What da'at usually translates to is knowledge. Okay, but knowledge is actually only part of the equation too. Uh, so I'm gonna go back even a little bit more. We have the story of the Garden of Eden, right? And we have this story where they eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Well, that's the English translation. What it really is, is it's the tree of Da'at. And what Da'at is, we translate it to mean knowledge. But what we know is in, in, these, in, this, in the Bible, in the ancient texts, when they use the word Da'at, which we translate as knowledge. For example, when they say a man knew a woman, it means he was physically intimate with her, right? And so when, so we're saying the tree of da'at doesn't, doesn't just mean he knew the woman. It means he was intimate with her. It means he mixed himself with her. He combined, he joined, he became one with her. So in this alternative interpretation of the Garden of Eden, of this whole narrative that we're coming to, the final, the final, um, what do they call it? Like in a play, the, the final act of yes. this 6,000-year <laughs> cycle, okay? You have not the eating of an apple that suddenly gave you knowledge. You would have rather the mixing and the confusion of what is good and what is not. And now we get into this discussion of, of course, duality and well, isn't it all one anyway? I want it's to kind of it's kind of like the next step, what that whole act was. It's like where we're going into a place of oneness, of innocence, of not knowing. And as soon as we get knowledge, then choices start to show up and duality is part of that awareness right and so our task so to speak is then to go okay everything is all one that's the premise but in order for creation to happen where i get to be shifra and you get to be bart we have to individuate so there is real separation we can talk about how we're all one and, and in our hearts, maybe we feel it to an extent, you know, but yes. I really do feel like I'm separate from you, <laughs> you know? 
and and I I really don't feel like me and you just being one is the only truth, right? Like that's that's a concept, and I feel it in my heart. But I really feel like I'm also Shifra and you're also Bart. Okay, and that's the separation that that is good because it makes it possible to experience life and to be alive. And so, the, even the idea of you know what is good and what is evil come from ultimately from the same source. However, here's the catch is we we went from oneness, we came into the individuation where we want to get to where we are going is a place where we can hold the both and where I can be Shifra and you can be Bart and I can also be equally aware of that we really are one. Now, if I misplace the individuation, the separateness, or if I misplace the oneness, either of those would not be good because they're just misplaced. It's not that being individuated is evil or being one is evil, but it's that when you mix things and put them in the wrong place, it's like it glitch, it glitches it out and it's, it's no longer functioning for the sake of good. What is good? Good is to channel more light into this plane and you need the hose to work properly. And if you kink it by misplacing one thing that is good with another thing that is good, then it creates a kink and that's not good all of a sudden. <laughs> but do you see what I'm saying? It's not, it's not that oneness was inherently good or bad or individuation was inherently good and bad. It's that they have their place. And so that's here true. on this plane in this world, we get to start to use that, that force of da'at that we have to discern and actually to start to separate things into their proper place. So to just say everything's all one, this is a kind of spiritual bypassing if we don't first discern, well, actually there's a time and a place for me to hold the boundaries of my body and say, no, I'm Shifra, I'm an individuated person, I'm separate and these are my boundaries. Yes, it's, 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 I see it more like the individual journey of learning a form of internal perfection that the space within you becomes highly evolved and developed. And, and of course, very few people are even close to achieving that. And at the same time, it changes everything around you. Uh, and you are contributing to the collective consciousness with that but it's a very individual thing there and uh you were also telling me uh and and when we were discussing earlier is maybe some tools to help people right learn to evolve in their uh knowledge or or that right well i think the piece about the collective consciousness and how our actions affect the collective consciousness is important to also mention um, for people because it can be overwhelming and we want to take tools home. We want to feel better personally, but then I also want to help the whole world. And I think two things, one, one which is important is for people to say, to recognize, look, in order to help the world, really, you know, I look outside my, my window, I live in a city, and I see a lot of beautiful things. And I also see a lot of suffering right here on my street. And what I, what I do know is that 
the more harmony energy that I can contribute to, the more harmony energy there will be. And the more people that will be able to then contribute to more harmony energy and that this will spread. And that this can even be picked up on energetically from across the planet. And what I also know is that the more volatile energy or inflammatory energy that I contribute to, then I'm contributing to more of that. And that is what I will contribute to and that is what will spread. Yes. And so be careful what you watch, read, practice, speak, and hear. And, and so before, I, but, but before you say anything, I have to say this is Becoming Quantum Conscious on United Public Radio Network and UFO Paranormal Radio Network, seen on Roku, YouTube, Facebook, and other platforms. And today you are listening to Shifra Bloom at www.shifrabloom.com. And you can uh, also catch her on Instagram, but uh, you can uh, catch her new book, about the Kabbalah coming out soon, as well as schedule private sessions with her. Um, have I missed anything there? Thank you. Uh, I think I got, got it all. So uh, what were you saying? <laughs> ah, no, thank you, Bart. And I'll, I'll say too, if people do want to um, contact me or anything, they're always welcome to send a message on, on Instagram in case my, my calendar uh, in case there's nothing available there, they can send a message and reach out. But what I wanted to just tie all of this together with the throat and the da'at and the healing and everything, da'at, this is a very key to this next jump in healing and in, in our evolution. And, and it's the ability to discern. And the what we have the power to do we have the power to use our voice. And here's, here's where I wanted to share is that to remain silent or to be very outwardly vocal from a place of reactivity, from a place of undiscerned knowledge, from a place of mixing right and wrong and not really knowing, but being really reactively vocal, that and being silent are both harmful. They're harmful on a global level and they're harmful on an individual level. So the important thing is to be able to practice discernment. And you say, well, okay, but it's so confusing and what do I do? And what do people at home do? And so my suggestion really is again coming back to is is what i'm doing are my actions is what i'm saying is my speech contributing here and now to more healing and harmony in my immediate sphere with the people i'm interacting with or is it contributing to more inflammation and hostility in my immediate sphere with the people like this is a marker because we have limited time here but it's like that is the that's the nut of it that's the take home that is so key and that's healing ancestral lineage it's healing the future of what could happen because we create through that center it's and it's bringing us into this final act of this 
this stage, you know, you said we're coming into a new era. The Kabbalistic tradition would also say that we're right coming into a new era. You said that uh, an era that's divine, um, that's that's guided by the laws of nature, and mm-hmm. and same with the Kabbalah would say we're you know we went we went into this stage where we mixed truth all together, so we couldn't discern truth, and we're just at the cusp of a new period where truth will be clarified, and 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 you know where you know you said we'll be governed by now the laws of nature, and I think that's just another way of saying the same thing. Yes, and it's so much. It's so cool the way you speak about it. The Kabbalah sounds more like a map that you can follow and know where your next steps and your evolution are. Uh, with that, uh, but also one of the messages that you seem to be bringing out is know your internal world and know what peace and love feel like inside of you. Um, if you are angry and you are kind of disgusted with certain things or stressed about certain issues, resolve that internally. Right. And therefore you're less likely to be manipulated by it out in public or out with uh, things that you believe in. You'll have more of a uh, balanced point of view uh, with things, because I think that's one of the things when you talk about the density of illusion is people that are caught into the density and live in a very practical materialistic world or in a chaotic world that has lots of violence, they're going to follow density. They're going to follow leaders that have that they're going to follow stories that resonate with that and therefore they're just more apt to be manipulated yeah yeah that that summarizes it really well and leadership is often about that internal clarity yeah you, you can have that and the world manifests leaders that resonate with that right and you know how to do that i you know, in this show, I try to give some broadly applicable tools for people. Mm -hmm. And then of course, you know, it it can be very specific per person, uh, which is, you know, of course, why you do the work that you do with your private clients. And I do the work that I do, you know, for those who, who want to go deeper, but on the broader level, I think these are some of the big pieces uh, that that people can take home. Yes, yes. And is there any more that you would, you you always, you've talked to me about bringing in higher source of a higher vibration. Uh, Can you share a little bit about how you would advise people to do, to access that? Yeah, it's actually, I, I just remembered something, which is a great question because in, in Kabbalistic thought, you know, the way you make that space to bring in more of the, the higher soul and more of your soul and more of the higher vibration is by developing those those attributes, right? And um, and I just remembered this, but I actually mm-hmm. have right now on my website a handout that explains how to heal through those attributes 
including mm. also the attribute of that. And that's, that's honestly something that people could just go type in their email and download. Um, because, because it, it's very complicated and yet it can be very simple. And it's about finding balance, really. Indeed. And, and um, any, any simple tools that you could suggest to people to, to begin? Yeah. yeah. The very most, if, if I had to say one was the most important, I would say the practice of forgiveness. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I have a forgiveness meditation I do with people, but finding a forgiveness meditation or forgiveness practice, understanding what forgiveness is, that forgiving does not mean ex necessarily accepting that something was right, that you can still condemn something, but also forgive. So just the practice of, of forgiveness, uh, and, and really the study of that, of what is even that and how does that affect me? That's. A great place to start it really is because if you always see somebody as the villain and they are just horrible no matter what you hold a hardness and density inside of yourself and therefore it's less it's harder to evolve beyond that whereas if you look at somebody and go i wonder what pain they're in that they would do such things and you venture into their world that away then you may have more awareness there is a concept that, I mean, there's two interesting things here. There is a concept of tuva, which is that, you know, while someone is still alive, and if they're still alive, there's still a chance for them to come, come back around and to make amends. Um, and, you know, we can't always the thing about can I take someone else's perspective, we can't always take people's perspective. Sometimes we're just not capable because sometimes their perspective is, like I was saying before, not fathomable because it's so different. So there's this line between that the, the forgiveness is really for myself um, because sometimes people do things because they're in pain, but sometimes they do things because their belief systems are different right? But the forgiveness ultimately, you know, maybe it's a reworking of what we even think forgiveness to be. It's how can I continue to let life flow through me? How can I let life flow through that part of me that felt constricted around something? Because resentment, mm. resentment is constriction in myself. Mm. It sounds like one of the most basic beliefs or, or messages of the Kabbalah is much like a tree that it has a harmony of life and flow of life going through it. And the map of the Kabbalah teaches you how to find the stuck places, the places that are flowing and um, how to resolve those to where you're flowing in a harmonious way all the time. Right. And so the, where, where the forgiveness is in that tree, it's one of the centers that's kind of the pump between the bottom and the top. That's why I, I start there. Mm. And again, the forgiveness, it really is not about trying. It, you don't even have to understand the other person. Sometimes we can't. Sometimes mm. we will fundamentally disagree because they're, 
their actions were coming from a place of just different worldviews. But for yeah. our own self, how can we breathe life in, into that place that was hurting for us? Yeah, how can, how can you take a pain in your life and breathe life in it to where you may have the pain, but you're no longer suffering with it? Um, and the Kabbalah does provide a map for that because you can actually take a story, let's say from our own past experience, and you can identify which of the attributes, which of the energy centers are the is the one or the main one that was being asked to get developed through that experience. And you can figure out then where the stuckness is and you can focus. You could do it energetically or you could do it through story or you could do it through words, but you focus on developing that attribute. And then suddenly you have a whole new lens and a whole new really power from having gone through the experience. That's that, that's that alchemy. That's the transformation of, of pain into power. That's learning through the dad, I suspect. And to hold that thought, I'm going to ask you one last question because we're down to two minutes on the show. And I want you to think about it as I give closing thought or I give closing uh, uh, from, for the show. Uh, what is your final message for the audience? And um, while you think about that, I want to let everybody know that you are with Bart Sharp of Becoming Quantum Conscious at United Public Radio Network and UFO Paranormal Radio Network uh, out of New Orleans, Louisiana. And we are on Roku, Facebook, uh, Twitter, um, YouTube, and other platforms. Next week, we will have Sonia Sophia. And the title of the show is The Secret spiritual life of Burning Man. Uh, Sonia has been in Burning Man for over 20 years, doing all types of spiritual, energetic work with people there and has started a worldwide emotional freedom training program, uh, getting that message out to the world, all inspired by Burning Man. So that should be a really great show. And so we have Shefer Bloom at sheferbloom.com. And you can connect with her on Instagram or just go to her website. And so Shefer, what are your final comments? You got about a minute. Okay. So just one quick final comment in alignment with this same theme, that center of Da'at, where it gets activated in the most powerful way as a channel for light is when it's connected directly to the crown, right? So this is the work that we have, is to connect our expression and our voice to a higher knowing and to a true knowing, a discerned knowing. And so in order to do that, my uh, challenge to everyone is how can we, you know, find ways to center ourselves, connect to that higher self, and then move forward in the world from there. That's where healing will come from. Mm. We change everything as we change within us. Thank you so much, Shifra. And uh, hope to have you on the show again. And uh, many blessings to you. And we will say goodbye for 
see you next week. And 